0: We're going to talk about how God has revealed himself to us, but sometimes we can miss him. Even though God has revealed himself to us, sometimes we can miss him. Thank you, Jerry. Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39 says this. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons but he would not let the demon speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what it is that you're doing in our hearts. God, this time is yours. Do as you please. Thank you, Lord, for your word already speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We have a seat. You may have a seat. All right. Kind of jump right into it. Uh, anybody familiar with the show Undercover Boss? All right, for the young people in the room, it's like an old show. <laughs> so, Undercover Boss. If uh, if you don't know what it is, Undercover Boss is a TV show where like a, a CEO of a really big company would get dressed in disguise. And what they would do is they would go into um, the inner workings, the inner departments of their organization to see what was going on, but to hear the stories and and get the experience of the people that were working in the different departments. Basically, like all of the work that they don't know, like they know that goes on, but they're not in their day to day. they, They went down to see about those things. So an Undercover Boss, they're like horrible at these jobs, right? The CEO's coming in, they can't do anything that these people are doing. But they don't know it's the CEO, so they just think it's just a really horrible worker. They're just like, I don't know where this, this man or this woman came from, but they need to go back from where they came, right? But what the, what the, what the CEO would get are these stories, they would get They begin to hear what these people would share with them, um, their integrity with work, their, their stories about their families, their stories um, about life and their hopes and their dreams. But then also like their financial hardships. So at the end of the, the episode, the boss would gather everyone around, the CEO would gather everyone around and they, he or she would like take off a wig or a mustache or whatever it is that they had on to disguise themselves. And it would be this big reveal And then what the boss would do was go around and just start blessing people. start giving them um, money and cars and scholarships to go to school. And it was such a, a, a really just nice way of saying, hey, someone up here has decided to come down and not only come down, but to give of themselves. Really, really good premise. But I saw a parody one time. A parody of it from the perspective of the worker that wasn't so good. So it's the worker that just kind of complains about everything, doesn't do everything right, treats the CEO wrong. And then at the end of it all, the CEO reveals themselves. And now they're giving out all of these um, monetary possessions and helping people like go on in their lives. And then they look at the horrible worker and they're like, you're not getting anything. <laughs> this horrible worker, though, goes, oh, my goodness. I didn't know it was the CEO. so. they start making up stories about like family members and wanting to go to school and want to achieve things just outrageous things just to get some stuff from that boss and the boss is not having it so we have the integral worker we have the non-integral worker and then we have the boss interestingly enough Kind of like this, Jesus kind of parallels where he's like really high and lofty and he chooses to come down to all of our levels. But the difference between Jesus and the undercover boss is Jesus never disguised himself. He always revealed himself. Jesus completely revealed himself to the world, completely revealed himself to the people that we're going to be talking about this morning and yet and still the people missed him. The people missed him. So what I want us to recognize this morning is Jesus has already revealed himself. Let's not miss him. Let's not miss him. So a little bit about what Jesus did, what Jesus did in in, uh, verses 32 through 33. It says this, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and all the demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. So what can we take from this to show us how Jesus has revealed himself? One of the biggest things is this shows Jesus' compassion. It shows his compassion. So this is a continuation of what happened last week. Jesus was already in the synagogues um, doing his thing already healing people, casting out demons, making way for his kingdom to come on earth. He's doing all of these things and it just continues. So Jesus is more busy now continuing his ministry and yet and still in the midst of his busyness, in the midst of everybody just asking for him to do things, Jesus looked at everyone that needed the healing and had compassion on them. Compassion. To see about all of their needs and not only meet them, but exceed them. In the same way Jesus wants to heal and deliver the people in this town, he wants to do the same thing in our lives as well. Not only has Jesus um, showed his compassion in this, Jesus also showed his authority. Jesus, with a word, he spoke and demons flee. There's something about when Jesus speaks, not only in the natural, but in the spiritual realm as well, and things have to shift and move. So not only is he a God of compassion, but he's a God of all authority. When Jesus speaks into the lives of his people or just speaks into the world, things start to shift and start to move and start to happen. Oh, he's a God of all authority. All compassion but all authority as well. That things in this life that we don't think should obey him, obey. Winds and waves obey him at his voice. Demons flee at his voice. And that same God who has that authority and yet that compassion is fighting for you. One of the ways that we know that Jesus was inviting is because why would you continue to bring so many people that need to be healed to a person that is unapproachable? In the midst of Jesus having so much authority, not only in his teaching, because they said he had authority in his teaching. He had authority over the spiritual realm. People still felt the invitation to freely come to him. He didn't close himself off, but he opened himself up. Jesus has revealed who he is. Church, let's see it and let's believe him. Let's not miss his compassion. Let's not miss his authority, but let's also not miss his invitation. Jesus is inviting us to deeper depths in our relationship with him. So not only did he have compassion, authority, Jesus also prayed. One of the the biggest things um, in our lives when we get busy that usually kind of gets put on a back burner is our prayer life. It's one of the things that gets cut when we're trying to like catch up in life. You've been so busy, you're like, I need to get everything done so that I can rest. And then usually when we say, hey, like, so I can rest, it means so I can just chill. What's the definition of rest? What is true soul rest? It's spending time with God. Sometimes it is, hey, don't do anything, take a nap, go to sleep, eat something good. But a lot of times on a soul level, it's spending time with your heavenly father, filling yourself up so that you can pour out. And God already knows how much you're pouring out and he wants to continue to fill you up. But in the midst of our busyness, as Jesus model, modeled, we should not go in the opposite direction of prayer, but we should actually go deeper into prayer. So Jesus modeled the more busy he was, the more he prayed. The more busy he was, he was like, yo, I got to wake up super early in the morning. And scholars suggest this is like probably like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Jesus is the goat. <laughs> Three, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm not like, getting up. But what if it's a season that I really need it? What if it's a season that I'm feeling depleted? What if it's a season that I'm, I'm constantly pouring out and giving to God? That is the time that we should lean into prayer. God, give me what I need for today. I trust you with my day. Not to pull it back on the back burner. And every time I personally have done this in my life, when I sacrifice some sleep, God always met me with the energy that I needed for that day. So prayer God is a God of compassion. God is a God of, of, of prayer. So we looked at Jesus. Jesus is this amazing God who has revealed himself to these people, and yet and still the crowds did not want him. They wanted the king's stuff, but they didn't want the king. They wanted the miracle, but they didn't want the message. It was like the undercover boss. They wanted, they wanted like Jesus' debit card but realized that they could have access to the entire kingdom. They came because he healed. They came because he set them free, but they did not come to follow. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. God has this invitation, hey, come and see. Hey, when you come and see, also come and follow. Come and bear your cross because there's certain things that we have to get in and through Jesus that we can't just get when we just continually ask him for the things that we want. And Jesus came so that we would follow him, not just for him to be a genie in our lives, to answer prayers whenever we want him to answer them. And even in the midst of that, Jesus still healed those people. It shows his compassion, knowing their hearts. He still said, I'll still give you what you need. But Jesus desired relationship. I don't know about you guys. If, have you ever been in a situation <clears throat> where you had to say this? Lord, if you would just get me out of this, then I will. Yep. Little giggles online. Put that in there. Put a little amen if you got that. I've had to say this so many times in my life. God, if you just get me out of this situation, I will. And you know what happens? Three days later, I have a good intention, and I'm praying, and I'm like, God, what did I say I would do again? <laughs> After I told you, if you'd get me out of this situation? It's this kind of same premise. I'm not really a, a, attacking it, but, but I am trying to hint at it. When, when God... When God does the thing that, that, that we ask him to do, are we going after him? Or are we just waiting for the next time that we're gonna have to say, God, if you get me out of this, I will. I think a better response to check our hearts in the midst of those is, God, I'm already in it. Show yourself to me, reveal yourself to me. Show me what you desire of me in the midst of the hardship but that's what God requires. That's what God desires is for us to literally go after him. This didn't just kind of happen in this area. We'll say, well, how did you know that this happened in this area? Because Jesus like went to a whole nother town after he um, healed all the many people. But it, but it also happened in John chapter six. John chapter six, verses 26 through 27 says this. And this is when Jesus was um, um, feeding the 5,000. Jesus answered, verily, uh, verily, truly, I tell you, You are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus is saying, I have things physically that that I want to bless you with truly and genuinely do. But if you focus on the gift and miss the giver, you completely miss the point. It, uh, a theologian said it like this. When Jesus was multiplying the, uh, the fish and the loaves, it was like a beam. Like, let's say like a beam came down from heaven, hit the fish and the loaves and then multiplied it. And instead of the people looking through the beam to go back up to God to say, oh, God, you've done an amazing work here. They just focus on the loaves and the fish and said, we want this. Sometimes this shows itself up in our spiritual high moments. Man, everything is going really well. God is doing such amazing things in my life. So now I'm on fire for God. And as soon as we hit a wall, the same trust, the same zeal just dies down. The same commitment to, to prayer, to praying for others has died down. God calls us to a life of following him, not just to get the things that we want. Safety is another thing. Safety, comfortability. God, when I follow you, things, things do go well. God's discipline and how he set up um, our lives to go, it, it really changes and orchestrates our lives. And in the midst of all of that, when we do not have the comfort that we're seeking, when we do not have the safety that it is that we're seeking, do we still trust and follow Jesus? Let's not be like the crowd that just wants to bring all of our uh, other people that needed healing and demon possession uh, to be healed uh, delivered of human he- demon possession. If the people knew exactly who it is that they were talking to, they wouldn't just bring the people that needed healing. They would bring in themselves because they knew they would know that they are the people that need the healing from Jesus. That needs a soul changing work that only God can do in our lives. One of the things that God has revealed himself to be is a God of all peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things God desires to give to us and it's not seasonal. He wants us to live them out at all times. And we actually have access to these things at all times. That's why he reveals himself to us. But we have to constantly continue to go in the direction of Jesus because they're found there. They're not just found when he just does these big miracles or these big things in our lives. No, they're found in the daily walk. They're found in the process of of getting over the hard things because it's in the midst of all of those things that Jesus is so present. And he's saying, this is why I have come so that you can see who it is that I am. Church, Jesus has revealed himself to us. He's revealed himself to you. Do not miss him. Do not miss him. Because he is full of life, full of joy, full of peace. We also see this when Jesus was talking to the women at the well in John 4.10. And it says this, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you only knew if we could only see on a consistent basis and have hearts open and be awestrucken by who God is, we would ask him for things that are deeper on the inside and he would give us living water that would flow through us. Yes, there are things in this world that we need prayer, that, that we need God to do physically. There are things in this world that we definitely need God to, to meet But let's not miss all that God wants to give, the life that he wants to give us on the inside. And those are the things that we need to be continually going to God for, saying, God, produce peace in me. Produce joy in me. Produce love in me, God. Lord, give me patience. And these are the things that God wants to produce to give us life. Let's not just settle for the miracles, but the miracles are always supposed to point back to the giver. Let's, God has revealed himself. Let's not miss him. One thing that Jesus is not is a genie. He's Lord. He's the one that not only cares for us, not only has exactly what we need, he's the one that gets to call the shots. And we think about it like this. Everything in my life is much better in God's hands than it is in my hands anyway. So in the midst of God revealing himself to his church, let's not miss Jesus. When people are watching and when they're not watching, let's not miss Jesus. So some of the ways I kind of thought through how it is that we can live a life where um, we're not missing Jesus, where we're seeing him every day is three things. And Jesus modeled this in our passage. One of the first things is to serve is to serve, all right? We have to serve. So we talked about um, kid life having some needs, talked about a clothing drive that we have. We have many things on our uh, 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 local uh, reach page for you to go out and to serve. And I'm not just talking about serve. We, we, we got to look at what Jesus did um, in this town and, and say, how did Jesus serve? Jesus not only did good acts of service, but he was a servant Jesus not just did good acts of service, but he was a servant. And when Jesus came into the town, he, I, he didn't just go like, okay, what's the things I need to get done? Let me do this, 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 and this. All right, then I'm, then I'm out. No, when he came into that town, Jesus was fully present. Jesus saw all of the needs and had compassion for those people. And the same way that Jesus has done that is what God calls us to do. When I was thinking about what, what picture this has look like, I actually thought about my mom. My mom is one, is a a real, true, genuine servant. And many times I did not like it. I don't know what church you guys have grown up in. I grew up in a church that had like stuff going on all the time. And this was also before like God really captured my heart. So I really wanted to do my own thing. But my mom would call me to do everything in that church. Not only that in the church, out in the community, one thing my mom really gave me is like, hey, uh, single moms that have like strollers and things that need to be carried up and down stairs, like meet it. Homeless people um, that that uh, that that needed a little extra money, you got it. Give it. Old women that need the, uh, help across the street, go meet that. And so many other things. But my mom didn't just do the acts of service. She was a servant. She had like God lenses that allowed her to see the needs that were around her. A good waiter, a good waitress has a little towel and they already know what you need before you even ask. That's the heart of a servant, the heart of going in and actually seeing what people need and meeting that need. And one thing about my mom, by worldly standards, she did not have the means to give, but God gave her everything that she needed to serve. And she helps so many people. And she's instilled that in me. And I'm not as good as she is, but I'm trying. I'm getting there. But not acts of service, but being a servant, living a life that sees the needs and meets the needs. So, a serve, the next thing is pray. Pray, pray, pray. Jesus modeled it by going to a deserted area, praying in the midst of his busyness. But it's not just praying for just praying's sake. It's praying trusting. Trusting. When we pray, we're actually saying, God, I acknowledge that this thing is better in your hands than it is in mine. Whether it's your job, you wake up in the morning, day-to-day tasks and activities, what is, what is the posture of your heart to release everything that's burdening, burdening you to God? Let's make sure that we have the, the posture of praying on a consistent everyday basis so we can give to God every care that we have. And not only just our cares, but also praying for other people. I'm the king of praying when stuff is wrong. I, like I'll pray heaven down when stuff is wrong. God, I need you, all of this stuff. And sometimes when things are going well, I'm just like, okay, that's good. No, that requires prayer and trust as well. That causes me to see the people around me and dedicating my prayer to pray just as hard for others as I pray for myself. It's trusting God, not just with all of my affairs, but trusting him with all of the people that he's put around me. So when I have the eyes of a servant, I can see those needs, and then I can give those things to God in prayer. And then the last thing, so it's serve, pray, and the last thing is preach. Jesus um, uh, said in uh, verse 38 that he has come to preach. So he's, what, is his, what is his message? Jesus came to preach to repent and to believe. Repent very quickly just means to turn. All right? So it's like you're the captain of your own ship. You are the person that is doing your own thing. You're acknowledging that you have sin in your life, that you're not living the way that God desires, so you want to go in the other direction. That's what repentance means. So Jesus came to say, hey, stop living life the way that you want to live it because there's so much life in him. Go his direction. And then it's to believe. To believe means not just believing in our hearts, but we believe so much that it comes through our hands. It's not enough for us just to know the things of God if we're not living them out. Two big theological um, words are orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Orthodoxy is this big word that basically means true doctrine, sound doctrine. So we believe the things that makes our faith our faith. We believe the the things that that, that, uh, uh, shows us who Jesus truly is. We believe all of those things. And then there's a comma because orthopraxy comes in. And what that means is it's the right living and the doing of this orthodoxy. So when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go preach, what he was saying was, I'm going to go tell the message, but I'm also going to show the message as well. When we look at John chapter one, Jesus is described as the word. So if Jesus is going around preaching the word, then that means the word is a person. Jesus is the word. So to see Jesus is to see God's word. So when we're in God's word, let's, let's learn all that we have and continue to ask God to produce all of the things that we see in his word in our lives. Again, Jesus has revealed himself, church. So let's not miss him. Worship team can come out. Let's not miss what Jesus wants to do in our lives. Don't miss the joy. Don't miss the peace. Don't miss the patience. Don't miss the comfort that Jesus is offering. When he does perform the miracles, go back to the message. When he gives the good gifts, go back to the giver. And in the midst of all of the things that's going on in your life and in your heart, keep your eyes on Jesus do not miss him.